Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of Matthew. We're in chapter 26. We'll be starting in verse 23 and finishing out this really powerful chapter. We're going to see um, Jesus uh, foretelling of the denial of all the disciples and his betrayal. Uh, We're going to see Judas betray Jesus, and then they're going to seize him and take him before Caiaphas to be judged, and then Peter is going to deny Jesus himself. We're going to see a lot of darkness now, the darkness of denial. Um, But Jesus was in control, and he knew all of this had to happen. Um, Verse 23, he answered them. They were asking him, who's going to betray you? You know, they're all sitting around now at the Passover supper, the dinner, and he says, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he would have not been born. Verse 25, Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, you have said so. So that phrase, you have said so, kind of puts the responsibility back on the person answering the question. It's kind of um, an expression of the time. So, um, and notice that Judas addresses Jesus as rabbi or teacher. Uh, In my study Bible, interestingly, points out that there's never an account uh, in any of the Gospels of Judas addressing Jesus as Lord, he always addresses him as rabbi, teacher. So Jesus uh, really doesn't give him an answer. He just puts the responsibility of asking the question back on the questioner. Verse 26, so, and there are other accounts that J- Judas uh, leaves and then goes to um get the soldiers, but the other uh, disciples, they really don't know what's going on. Verse 26, now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread. So, 
um, Judas has already left. Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. Verse 27. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. His body was going to be sacrificed and his sin and his blood was going to be shed for the sins of all the world, of all of us. This was the only way to reconcile man's sin, man to God. And this is the whole premise of the New Testament. This is the whole gospel message. Forgiveness of sins through the blood and death sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Verse 29. I tell you I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So, there's going to be a celebration feast at uh, the coming of Jesus. It's like a, a marriage ceremony. The marriage feast uh, when the bridegroom is reunited with the bride. So that's what is being foretold. Um, verse 30. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go out before you to Galilee. In other words, he's telling them he's going to go before them to restore them after they fall away. He already knows they're falling away, but he's already telling them, I'm going to restore you. Totally in control. Verse 32. But after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. He already knows he's going to be raised up from the dead. Verse 33, Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Peter's always the first one to open his mouth. He doesn't even know how weak he is. He doesn't even know the severity of the test of faith that is coming. Jesus answered. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Verse 35, Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Verse 36, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And McGee, I remember, made the point that he says, I would deny Jesus five minutes from now if he didn't keep his hands on me. And we probably all would say right now that we would deny him. But, Sin is all around us. We can deny Him over little things or we can deny Him over big things. That's how badly we need the shepherd's hand on the sheep. We need His hands on us. And we shouldn't judge Peter, you know, or any of these disciples for not staying with Him like we'd do any better. Verse 36, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane 
Garden of Gethsemane means Garden of the Wine Press. This is where they made olive oil from the right nearby the Mount of Olives. So they go there, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Verse 37. And taking with him Peter and two the two sons of Zebedee, that would be James and John, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40, And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Verse 41, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping. For their eyes were heavy. Verse 44. So leading them again, he went and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. So he he just tells them to sleep. McGee says he thinks some time has passed. um, And then then he tells them to wake up. Um... See that the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, and let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So now he's telling them to get up. Verse 47, While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve. And my study Bible says Matthew kind of puts uh, one of the twelve there. It just sort of emphasizes Judas's treachery in betraying him by saying, you know, he was one of us. He was one of the twelve. And with him, a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I will kiss is the man. Seize him. Verse 49, he came up to Jesus and at once and said, greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. And Jesus said to him, friend, Do what you came to do. So again, see how Judas says greetings, Rabbi. He doesn't call him Lord. He just calls him teacher. And he kissed him. He uses the kiss of friendship um, to betray. And so Jesus answers him, friend, do what you came to do. So he doesn't, you know, and the friend is my study Bible says it's the represents the Greek word heterios, implying not a closeness and fe- affection of the usual word for friend, which is phylos, but only an acquaintance or an association, like you would say, ma'am or sir, to somebody that you would meet. Hello, friend. You don't really know them, so it's a different um, expression of that that word. So Jesus doesn't imply closeness when he when he says that to um, Judas. 
Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. Verse 51, And behold, one of those who were with Jesus, this is Peter, struck out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Verse 52, Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do not think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels. But how then should the scripture be fulfilled that it must be so? He's telling him, look, this is fulfillment of the scripture. And I I can instantly get help if I need it. You, you don't understand what is being fulfilled here. Verse 55, at that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out against me? Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophecies might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. So Jesus is telling the crowd, this is to fulfill Scripture. He's telling his disciples, this is to fulfill Scripture. Verse 57, Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and elders had gathered. And Peter was following him at a distance. And as far as the courtyard of the high priest, and going inside, he sat there with guards to see the end. Now the chief priest and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death, but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At last, two came forward and said, This man said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? They're trying to get Jesus to speak and so that they can use his words against him. But Jesus remains silent. He's putting the, he's putting the full blame and responsibility of those who are accusing him on the accusers. Okay, the responsibility for Jesus' death is going to be squarely on his accusers. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Okay, so then Caiaphas then makes, you know, requests Jesus to answer under oath. Jesus said to him, you have said so. That's another way of putting the responsibility on the asker of the question for the answer. You know, he said, you've said so. So that is a direct answer. But it implies that the answer was spoken by the questioner. But I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the pow of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Verse 65. Okay, so this is another direct answer. And Jesus refers himself to the Son of Man. And my study Bible says, And 
McGee says that this is the highest title that Jesus could have um, given himself. This goes back to the book of, um, I believe, the book of Daniel. So, um, this is a title that these folks were well aware of. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? This is probably all the other high priests in the Sanhedrin here. They answered, He deserves death. And they spit in his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophecy to us, you Christ. Who is it that struck you? So they're just mocking him now. And again, these men do not look like religious men. If they're super religious, why are they striking him? Verse 69, Now Peter, meanwhile, sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You you also were with Jesus, the, the Galilean. You know? It's like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should be getting you in trouble too. And it's... But he denied it before them all. This is Peter saying, I do not know what you mean. And then he went out to the entrance. Another servant girl saw him. And she said to, to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. It's like an oath. He's like calling on God to say, you know, strike me down if I'm telling, you know, a lie. I don't know the man. Verse 73, after a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Verse uh, 74, Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So so Peter now is realizing Jesus understands what's going on. He's already told him what was going to happen, which is another miracle here. It shows Jesus' divine knowledge of the future, but it also shows Peter how he let Jesus down. He denied him, not only once, but three times. He denied him and called it an oath on, you know, on his own uh, curse, his own himself. Of course, the curse that he casts on himself, you know, is kind of what Jesus is there to die for. And you know, Peter realizes that his big, his big fat mouth is just nothing, worth nothing. Jesus is there on his own by himself. He's let his friend down. He's cursed himself. And um, we should look at this. We're no better. We can say a lot of things or feel really good, but it's so easy for us to let the Savior down. And uh, so this is a real powerful and personal uh, account of the personal relationship that we have with our Lord Jesus
someone who's laid his life down, taken our sin in order to give us his righteousness. He gives us, he allows us to be a part of his body and he gives us his spirit. There's nothing he hasn't held back for us to receive his eternal life with God the Father in heaven. So we're going to stop here and continue our study in this powerful, powerful book of Matthew tomorrow. So from me to all of you, as always, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from Matthew chapter 26, beginning at verse 23 all the way through to verse 75. So we continue from where we left off from in our study last week where the disciples were asking, you know, after Jesus um, made mention that, you know, one of them was going to betray him and they were all um, asking him, is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? So verse 23 reads, he answered and said, he who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. So um, verse 24 reads, the son of man indeed just, the son of man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. So, you know, um, in our previous study about, you know, when Dr. J.V. McGee was teaching about, um, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ and, um, you know, the power of he was given, you know, um, to welcome the little kids, how, and, and, um, and the examples he was given about the little kids. So Dr. J.V. McGee had pointed out, you know, do not hinder, um, the little kids. Um, for it is, you know, it's essential to actually teach your child whilst they're still young, whilst they're whilst they're still young and um do not stand in their way in, in order for them to acquire the you know the knowledge and and you know knowledge and faith of the lord jesus christ and um, do not hinder the birth of children because in this particular case you know because of the betrayal of this man um now the lord jesus christ is saying it would have been better for this man to have not been born because it's such a grievous betrayal Okay, scripture goes on to read verse 25. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, you have said it. So Judas didn't say Lord. He couldn't say Lord. He couldn't call him Lord. At this point, Judas left the room. And in the Gospel of John, he goes into more detail at this point and explains that he had left at this time. And we'll get to this uh, later on when we get to the gospel of john so scripture goes on to read verse 26 and as they were eating jesus took bread blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said take eat this is my body verse 27 then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying drink from it um all of you for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins verse 29 but i say to you i will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when i drink it new with you in my father's kingdom so here we have 
here um, the instituting of the Lord's Supper over the dying ashes of a fading feast and the Passover. So the Passover will be reinstituted in the millennium and this means the Passover will then um, apparently look back to his death as the Lord's Supper instituted here looks back to his death for us and the church but the Passover which should look forward to his coming will also look back um, to his coming in the kingdom verse 30 goes on to read and when they had sung a hymn they went out to the Mount of Olives so now this is um, here we have the end of this particular division of division one of this chapter and now we're getting to the second division and verse 31 goes on to read, Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, even if, um, yeah, even if um, all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. So Peter here is more like saying he actually didn't trust the others and Lord Jesus Christ could actually depend on him. But the problem is he didn't know himself very well. The Lord Jesus Christ knew him too well. You know, God knows us. He knows the number of hairs that are on top of our head. He knows us. And, you know, Peter didn't know himself too well. And this is um, us today. We don't know ourselves um, that well. We don't know what we are capable and what we're not capable of. So verse 34 goes on to read. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. So here, this was actually before morning. Peter would actually deny the Lord Jesus Christ three times, and he did. Verse 36 goes on to read. Then Jesus came with them to the place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Verse 39. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40 goes on to read. He then came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What could you not watch with, with me one hour? Verse 41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak uh, verse 42 goes on to read again a second time he went away and prayed saying oh my father 
if this cup cannot pass away from me unless i drink it your will be done so here um we need to actually pay attention that these three men that he actually takes with him go with him um into the garden and uh the prayer he's praying is that the cup might pass from him in his humanity so if it's it was that the horror that he was um you know he was perfect and he has no sin or spot or blemish in him um it's actually it's that horror that he's made into sin for us this is somebody who is wholly harmless and defiled and separate from sinners but on um the cross of sin he was um the cross of sin was actually put on him and this was horrendous it was a horrendous thing that he actually experienced and it's difficult for us to actually comprehend the full significance of gethsemane so here uh and you know gethsemane is where he actually won the victory at Calvary. So the cup was his cross and the contents were the sins of the whole world that he actually bore and carried, which was repugnant to his holy character because he was holy and defiled and blemished and then he had to carry the sin of the world in him. And he is not asking to escape the cross but praying for God's will to be done so here at gethsemane he did face temptation from satan but um he is praying let god's will be done let me save um the world from sin so he became sin for us that cross became an offense um and he became he bore each and every one of our sins so you know that's how we're supposed to comprehend this as so verse 43 goes on to read and he came and found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy so here um you know actually like um let me just read verse 42 again it says again a second time he went and uh, he went away and prayed saying oh my father it is, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless i drink it your will be done so here he is accepting it. So this is the terrible horror of his humanity against the drinking of the cup, which means having the sins of the world upon him on the cross, him who is holy, harmless, and defiled and separate from sinners. Verse 43 goes on to read, And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. So, you know, these three men, they actually went to sleep. So it's like, you know, there is an interval of time that actually passed, and he let them sleep on <clears throat> so verse 46 goes on to read rise let us be going see my betrayer is at hand so they actually needed to rest and he actually pays the lord jesus christ here pays attention to the needs of their bodies to the needs of the flesh um as these men needed this particular rest because it was going to be a long day ahead of them long night rather ahead of them verse 47 
And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve with a great multitude with swords and clubs came from the came from the chief priests and elders of the people. So uh, the fact that Judas had uh, witnessed many miracles um, and these people and Judas, they did realize he had supernatural powers and that he might use that. And so they bring, they now bring out um, to take, they, they bring out many of them to take him on as, um, to take him on, at, at, you know, to make it possible to take him on. Verse 48 goes on to read, Now his betrayer had given them a sign saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one sees him. So here, um, you know, this is the awful kiss of betrayal. That um, Judas betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ with a kiss. Verse 49 goes on to read, Immediately he went up to Jesus and, and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. This is sad. So, you know, theologians actually argue that Jesus was, um, sorry, Judas was predestined to betray Jesus and couldn't do anything else about it. But Judas was human. He was not a robot and he had free will. And he made up his own mind and had every opportunity not to do it. So it's actually prophesied that he would be the one to actually betray Jesus Christ. So that he was predestined, yes. But he could change that as, you know, after he came and betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ, after he, that prophecy was fulfilled, um. And, and that's what he did. He went and fulfilled the prophecy. And the Lord Jesus Christ is betrayed. The Lord Jesus Christ could still call him friend. And he called him friend. So in other words, um, he's telling Judas, you know, when he called him friend, he's telling Judas that he can actually um, turn um, the kiss of betrayal to repentance of going back to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, you know, a little later when he went to the temple and threw the pieces of silver down, that uh, were given to him. Judas, at this time, when the priests were going, were going um, through and leading Jesus over to Pilate, he could have fallen down before the Lord Jesus Christ and said, forgive me, but he didn't. So he had all these opportunities and uh, he would have uh, been forgiven. Uh, Peter went back and asked for forgiveness after betraying the Lord Jesus Christ three times. So, you know, he had all these opportunities. And, you know, first he went uh, to, to the Garden of Gethsemane with so many people. And, you know, um, by that time, um, um, you know, because he knew he had uh, supernatural powers, he knew he was um, the Son of God. And... Um, now he had all this opportunity he went and realized he had just made this awful awful choice by betraying an innocent person so he would have just gone down and asked for forgiveness but he didn't so uh verse 51 goes on to read and suddenly one of those who were with judas jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear obviously we all know who this is this is simon peter 
And he was trying to actually prove something because he had been told that he would deny the Lord Jesus Christ that night. And he got a sword and um, he was trying to actually protect the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, 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 he chopped off someone's ear. Verse 52 goes on to read. Um, but Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place for all who take the sword will per perish by the sword verse 53 or do you think that i cannot now pray to my father and i will and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels so here simon peter he missed it at this particular point for jesus christ came to actually die for the sins of the world and not to put up a fight against the religious rulers so he was fulfilling prophecy here he came for all our sins to save us so that um, he could be our mediator between god and um himself um between god and ourselves he is our high priest and our mediator verse 55 goes on to read in that hour jesus said to the multitudes have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me I sat daily with you teaching in the temple and you did not seize me. So here it's his how it's his hour it's come. Now he's telling the people, you know what? You've come to me like you're coming to capture a robber or an armed criminal. But you know, I was the one who sat in the temple and was teaching and you know, you did not bother you didn't seize me. Um um harmless. Verse fifty six goes on to read, but all that was done that the scriptures in the prophets might be fulfilled. So here he had actually predicted this and they uh, leave him. They actually now um, take him uh, with them. Verse 57. And those who had laid hold of Jesus led him away to uh, Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. So we have here now the third division of the this chapter later on we will find out that actually the father-in-law to Caiaphas was really the one that actually instigated this evil uh, the murder of the Lord Jesus Christ so he must have he must be brought here for the first charge and they have to um they have to determine this. Um, they have to actually determine this. This uh, his charge this night, as they will have to ask for the death penalty when they go to Pilate. Verse fifty-eight goes on to read, but Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest, to the high priest's courtyard, and he went and sat, and he went in and sat with the servants to see the end so here um, Simon Peter followed at the distance verse 59 goes on to read now the chief priests the elders and all the council sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death but found none even though many false witnesses came forward they found none but at last two false witnesses came forward and said this fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. 
So the problem with false witnesses is trying to find one that will stand up under court investigation. And if whatever they're testifying will hold water. So the disciples misunderstood Jesus Christ's statement of him destroying the temple and rebuilding it in three days. And John tells us this, you know, in the Gospel of John, he explains it further. And we'll see this when we get in more detail when we get to the book of John, the Gospel of John. Verse 62 goes on to read, And the high priest arose and said to him, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? So he actually um, tries to get the Lord Jesus Christ to answer. And um, so that they would actually know what argument to actually put up. Verse 63, but Jesus kept silent and the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. So he had nothing to actually say to uh, this, so he actually kept his peace. And the high priest puts um, an oath and asks him this specific question, are you the Christ, the Son of uh, God? So verse 64 goes on to read, Jesus said to him, it is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the pow power, sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. So this is tantamount to saying yes. So the title he claims here is Son of Man. So this is the highest title that he had as the Son of Man goes back to the prophets. You know, Daniel had spoken about the Son of Man. Ezekiel had spoken about it. And it's a title of deity. Verse 65 goes on to read, Then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have to of, do we have of witnesses? Look now, you have heard his blasphemy. So it was against the Mosaic law for a high priest to tear his clothes. Now they actually think they have something on him. Verse 66 goes on to read. What do you think? They answered and said, he is deserving of death. Verse 67. Then he spat on his face and beat him, and the others struck him with the palms of their hands, saying, prophesy to us, Christ, who is the one who struck you. So they, like, literally, they blindfolded him, and they were hitting him and all, so they, they hated him. And this is the... You know, the, na the natural antagonism of the human heart to his um, to his goodness, so to his holiness, to his righteousness, and the fact that he is God. So if we had our way, you know, with our old nature, we would actually knock God off his throne because it's just our old nature. You know, God will show us holiness, righteousness, mercy, and everything else, but... You know, with our old nature, with our own way, we'd still hate him and just knock him off. 
um, the throne. Verse 69 goes on to read, Now Peter sat outside at the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him saying, You are also with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them, all saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth, but again he denied him. An oath, he denied with an oath, I do not know this man. Verse 73. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Verse 75. Then he began to curse and swear. Obviously, this being Peter, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. So Peter didn't actually realize how weak he was. You know, when he was saying he would not betray the Lord Jesus Christ. Many times we don't realize how weak we are. We don't even know ourselves. But the Lord had prayed that his faith um, fade not. And he could repent and come back. And he did. Peter repented and went back. But Judas, he never. So we all have free will. So in as much as Judas was predestined to actually betray the Lord Jesus Christ because it was prophesied, he still could have gone back and asked for repentance, but he didn't. So this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.